This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Good evening. Because he lives. Wow. That old hymn was good for my soul tonight. I hope that was good for you. So I mean, you get that on your heart right now because he lives. Feel gracious. I welcome if you're watching by live stream. Glad you're here. If you need a Bible, once you get your hand up real high and our ushers will get you the word of God. Just get your hand up real high and then go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 23. As you're turning to Matthew chapter 3, just a couple things here. Uh, we, and just as, as Pastor Solomon said, we've seen some, some moves of heaven right here. Some people touched in the last week and so I about got up here and, and jumped in but the lady on the keyboard tonight, her son was the one that was having these crazy bouts with asthma And she told me just a little bit ago so much that he was having to take five uh, breathing treatments a minimum a day. And she said after he was prayed for, it was Wednesday night, that hadn't happened. So man, we celebrate that. Golly, that's good stuff, you know. And I know ones have gotten jobs and God, God is just moving. So get your faith out there and expect God to move in your life and he will. All right, Matthew chapter 23, verse 23, and this is pertaining to our tithes and offerings. And it says, woe to you, you scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. For you pay the tithe of mint and anise and cumin, but you have neglected the weightier matters of the law, like justice to people, like mercy to people, and even faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Now, if you catch what Jesus is saying right here, you you ought have done all these, but without leaving these others undone. So right here, Jesus just affirmed the tithe. If you'll pay close attention to that. He just affirmed it. Right here in the New Testament. And so I, I must look at my tithing not, not as a, a grim duty or as punishment, but I must look at my tithe as an amazing opportunity. So I, I go back into my life a number of years ago and it was asked me, what were some of the biggest changes in your life as your Christian walk began? And, and I labeled it GPS, my giving, my praying, and my serving. And, and every one of those that I mention are connected to people. When I sacrificially give, you know what you're doing? You're creating an opportunity right here for people to spend eternity in heaven. So your giving impacts people's lives for eternity. Same with my praying, same with my serving. And so understand that that God has called every one of us to those things. And don't take it lightly. God God will use you and he'll use what you just as you are right now. But if you'll begin to get a, a hold of these things and just remember, every bit of this is around people. Every bit of it. That's the kingdom of God. When we quit, when we quit ministering or touching to people, we've we've broke God's heart right there. And so I I appreciate all of you that give. You give us the opportunity to preach to children and youth on a Wednesday night. We we appreciate everything you do. I appreciate your servanthood. 
man, some of you have been so faithful for years in your serving, and we don't want you to ever think we overlooked that. And then prayer. And we welcome all of you to pray. So let's just, let's just pray over all this right now. Father God, we love you again tonight. We, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to give that our sacrificial giving right here, Lord, it'll mark people for eternal. And Father God, we thank you that everything you've blessed each one of us with. And Lord, just touch our night here in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, and just a couple announcements here. Again, this is a, uh, the Easter week, as you know. Friday night at 7 is a, a service, a good Friday service, but it is called a Tenebrae service. And it is very, very, very graphic with the crucifixion, the passion of the Christ. There is a lot, a lot of stuff in there. It is a very quiet evening. And so I'm not telling you, you, you don't come with your children. I'm not telling you that. But you got to use discretion on this because it is, it is really graphic, okay? We welcome all of you. But just remember that that's your warning. And then Sunday morning, we come back for Resurrection Sunday. And I, I just encourage you, even as you're walking by that yellow board back there in the very back tonight, every name on those prayer cards represents an individual person. Just got to keep praying here. I, I believe God's going to touch hearts. So be sure and invite people and come out on Sunday morning. And it's going to be a great day. But we're not there. We're Wednesday night. So open your Bible to the book of Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. And so if you've been here, we had the worship night last Wednesday night. But to two previous Wednesday nights, I was on the Apostle Peter. And, and remember over and over in Scripture, just how Peter had this incredible ability to put his foot in his mouth. And many times we're the same way. And remember, this same Peter is the guy who, who rebuked Jesus. This is the same guy that when Jesus said that he would die and, and raise from it, that he scolded Jesus. He said, that's not going to happen, Jesus. Not going to happen. But we ended there in, in Mark 16 a couple weeks ago. And it happens right after the Lord Jesus was rose, or he rose, rose, rose from the grave. He was risen. And, and he said to the ladies, he said, Go tell my disciples and Peter, and he specifically mentioned Peter, and Peter, that I'll see him again in the area of Galilee. And so just in saying that, man, God never gives up on us. God, God never gives up on you, and I want to make that clear for every one of I don't care who you are, I don't care what you've done. That God, God loves every one of us and God is patient with us. Man, aren't you glad God's patient? Man, I'm so glad he was patient. Thank God we serve a loving God. That our, our God doesn't sit on a throne with a Texas-sized fly swatter and just waiting to slap you. That's not our God. That, that he allows us to mature and he allows us to grow. And it's a process for each one of us. So this is where we pick up. Here in Acts 1, the Lord Jesus has risen from the grave. So look with me in verse 3. Acts 1, verse 3. To whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs or unmistakable, but was seen by them, the disciples, including Peter, during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So real briefly right here, when Jesus 
rose from the grave, according to the scriptures, he walked this earth for another 40 days. So right here, we are in this 40 days. This is where this is at. Verse four. And being assembled together with them, the disciples and Peter, he commanded them, the disciples and Peter. Now, note the wording here. He, He commanded. He didn't recommend, he didn't suggest. The Bible says he commanded. Now, let's watch what he tells them. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized you with water, the baptism of repentance. Now, if you'll notice, this was Jesus' word to him. He said, John truly baptized you. And he goes on to say here, with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, if you really did dig in, especially verses four and five, you'll see the Trinity in there. You see all three of them, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So it's, it's interesting right here that he talks about the baptism of repentance to get born again, but he also talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, something very significant. Now, for time's sake, we jump to verse eight. But you shall receive power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the end of all the earth. So he said the Holy Spirit would vest you with power. Power to make a difference. Power to be disciples in this world. The the Peters of this world. So when you look at everything he's talking about, the Holy Spirit was his work within us and upon us, but the, distinct, the, the distinctive purpose of the outpouring of the Spirit of God was to empower us for what? To be witnesses. That was the main thing that the Lord Jesus said, that you gotta get the Holy Spirit and it'll, he'll cause you to, to become witnesses for him. So this is the instruction right here to, to every one of these guys. You'll be my witnesses. Verse number 12. Then they, the disciples, and Peter returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olive, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went into the upper room where they were staying. And, and look at the very first one whose name. Oh, Peter. Here's Peter. Now, the reason I want to highlight this is because Peter's still there. Even though he had made some mistakes, even though he had had some bloops and some blunders, it didn't disqualify. Peter's still there. So we keep reading and jump with me right there to uh, verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his disciples. Now watch verse 15. In those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples altogether. The number of the names was about 120. Now, if you'll notice here, Peter stands up. In reading this, 
Peter stands up and it literally has the meaning. It points to the beginning of, of Peter's formal leadership. And he just shows me what Jesus wants to do with us. And so something right here begins to take place within Peter. And, and I highlight again, Jesus didn't give up on Peter. Peter wasn't disqualified. And so here Peter is, standing before this 120. Now we jump to chapter two. And so they've all been filled with the Holy Spirit. All the disciples. Now pick up with me in verse 14. But Peter, and, and many say right here that this, this area where he talks about Peter, it, it's highlighted as Peter's sermon. Some call it Peter's proclamation. But Peter, standing up with the 11, he raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea, and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. Now here's Peter filled with the Holy Spirit now. And I mean, he stands up boldly before him and he tells him, heed my words. So to paraphrase just a little bit what begins to go on, Peter looks at them all and says, first of all, guys, I want you to know we're not drunk like you think we are. He's saying, really, it's, it's nine in the morning. We're not drunk. He makes that clear. And then the very next thing he does, he quotes the prophet Joel in Joel chapter two, verses 28 through 32. And he says, you are now gonna witness the outpouring of the spirit of God upon all flesh. The dreams, the visions, and the prophecies are gonna begin to take place. And so Peter, man, he's just ripping it. He's just letting it. He's just quoting scripture right and left. Then right after that, he quotes Psalm 16, verses 8 through 11. Just bap, 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 bap. And he's just rolling out of it. And then he goes and he quotes Psalm 68, 18. I mean, just flowing out of it. And, and I wonder if the other, the other disciples are looking at each other thinking, did, did Pete get a Red Bull today? Is Pete on five-hour energy? What, what's it? They're looking at it like, is this the same Peter? Now, I highlight some things with Peter right here, okay? He spent three and a half years with Jesus. And in those three and a half years, we studied a few weeks ago, man, he was still notorious for sticking his foot in his mouth. We saw over and over. I mean, when Jesus tells you that you're going to deny him three times before the rooster crows and you look and say, not so. Not. Man, I test your, your intelligence right there. But when Peter obeyed what Jesus commanded, you got to wait for the promise. It shows the significance of what the Holy Spirit can do in every one of our lives. Every one of us. And so he goes through all this. And then in verse 36, we pick back up. Now listen, he's still preaching. He's still going and he says, therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now he's, he's speaking to all these Jewish people and he looks and says, you are the ones who crucified him. 
Verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were cut to heart. They were stabbed in the heart. They were pierced in the heart. The best one I found, it says their conscience was stricken. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what do we do? So what is taking place here now is Peter is speaking by the unction of the Holy Spirit. And now that he's speaking the word of God, this is what the Holy Spirit does. He begins to take the word of God and he begins to convict our heart. And I don't care who you are. That's what the Holy Spirit will do in each one of us. And sometimes that's what he's doing to try to get our attention. This is John 16. Verses seven, eight, the Holy Spirit was to convict us. He was to convince us that we need a savior. So these guys are getting convicted and they said, what do we do? Verse 38. Then who? <laughs> then Peter, here's Peter. But he's not Peter the pathetic anymore. He's Peter the powerful because he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And Peter said to them, repent. Repent of your sins and let everyone be baptized, how? In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so, man, I begin to look at this and I think, God is moving in his life. There's incredible things that take place with Peter. And there's credible things that take place in me and you's life. When we just follow the ingredients right here, when we just follow the recipe, and he said what? Repent, get born again, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I encourage everyone of you to study as much as you can on the Holy Spirit, okay? Not by might nor by power, but it's by the Spirit of God. Go to Acts 3. We go a little farther here with this guy named Peter. Verse one, now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. So it's about three o'clock. And a certain man lame from his mother womb was carried. And so when you read this, I, I, don't, I don't know exactly how old this guy was. But I do know that he was born lame from his mother's womb. And the Bible says he's a man. So this guy has gone quite a period of his life Lame. So he's lame. It's very clear here. Whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. So what would happen was day by day by day, they would bring this lame man and they would lay him out as they were coming from the outer courts going into the inner courts. So literally this guy was a beggar. Verse 3. Who seen Peter and John about to go in the temple, he, he asked for some alms. So Peter and John, they're going up to the house to pray at three o'clock. And this guy says, hey, fellas, could you spare some change? You got, you got any pocket change? And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. Look at us. I'm telling you, you begin to see the boldness of the Holy Spirit on Peter here. He said, look at us. Verse four. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So the lame man gave him his full attention, expecting to receive some from, from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. 
Silver and gold I do not have. Peter had money, okay? Peter had money. He was a fisherman for a living. So when Peter said, silver and gold I don't have, you know what Peter was literally saying here? If I give you silver and gold, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be back here again tomorrow at the same time, and all I'm giving you is a temporary fix. And so what Peter's getting over to here is, listen, pal, I, I don't want to give you a temporary fix. So look what he says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So when you look at this here, Peter attributed the healing power to the name of Jesus. Peter knew where healing came from. And when you go on and look this right here, this is the privileged power that God has delegated to us in the name of Jesus care who you are and so there was a boldness on Peter there wasn't an arrogant Peter wasn't one of those who would say look look how smart I am look how religious I am look how much I know no Peter now is he's he's just full of the Holy Spirit so I'm reading you these just verse after verse chapter after chapter because I want you to see I don't care how you start God still has plans for you so after this takes place, it ticks off the religious leaders. They didn't like it all. So we know in chapter four, him and John get thrown in jail. And we read some of this on Sunday morning, but I want you to look at one verse in chapter four, just chapter four, verse 13. Now listen to this. Now when they saw the boldness on Peter and John, they showed that the, they saw the brave courage on them. And you can imagine now those three plus years being around Jesus and seeing all the miracles he did, and now the Holy Spirit. They saw the boldness on Peter and John, and they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, but they marveled and they realized that Peter and John had been with Jesus. They saw the effect and the impact firsthand on Peter and John's life. I really believe this. The more we hang out with Jesus, you know, in uh, Romans 8, it, it says there in verse 29, we're to be conformed to the image of Jesus. But see, everything I do, according to Colossians 3, 17, Everything I do in word or deed, I do in the name of Jesus. And so you're seeing this right here with Peter. So what happens with this, Peter becomes a living, walking model for me and you. Precise. God still uses Peter's of the world. If you remember in Matthew 16, 18, he said, and I'll, I'll build my church on Peter's. I'll build my church on ones just like him. Chapter 5. You say, are we going to go through all of Acts tonight? We may. We're not going to get very much farther, but we'll keep going. Acts 5, verse 1. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession 
And he kept back part of the proceeds with his wife also being aware of it. And he brought a certain part and he laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, what's going on here is they retained part of their proceeds for personal use. That's okay to do that. But the problem with what they were doing is they tried to deceive the other people of the church about having certain type of, of a reputation. We, we want everybody to think that, man, that, that Ananias and Sapphira, they are some big shots when it comes to giving. And so they are literally trying to deceive the people. That's what's going on right here. So we keep reading. But Peter said, Ananias, why has, this, how, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the peace, or part of the price of the land for yourself? Now, when you look at this story, this is very similar to the story of a man named Achan in Joshua 7. When you live with, with deception like he was, so Peter now filled with the Holy Spirit. He looks at Ananias like, who, who do you think you're kidding? You, you may be able to pull this over against men, but you're not gonna pull it over, by, uh, over the things of God. Now, it, it's interesting to me right here in, in, in verse three that he said to him, Satan has filled your heart. Will you tell a lot of people that? You tell people in the church of America right now, Satan has filled your heart. You know what they'll say? Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Peter wasn't judging him. Peter was correcting them, trying to help him. Trying to get him to a place to say, I'm wrong, to lead me to a place of repentance. Not to beat him up. Verse four, and while it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? Why have you lied? Why have you not lied to men, but you've lied to God? Peter, don't judge me. Watch verse five. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. He dies on the scene. Peter's filled with the Holy Spirit. Now this guy who I think probably was like, don't judge me, don't judge me. Don't you wish he would have heeded what Peter said? And Peter's looking like, you can heed what I say and repent or just go ahead and die. Wow. So write that. Now listen, this isn't the world. This, this isn't that. Hooters. Well, that wasn't a real good example. <laughs> this was at church. This was in the house of God. And, and so Peter warns him all this, and then all of a sudden it says, Oh, Ananias, he's dead. And it ends in verse five, and look what it says. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. I bet. I wonder how many people, when they saw that, man, they came sliding in the altar and got on their knees like, I repent, Lord. I repent of stealing my grandma's purse. I repent for that, you know, man. I mean, they, wow. Just incredible. 
Peter's filled with the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit still leads men and women. He, he still puts God's thoughts in our hearts and our minds to this day. And I go back and I look and I think, wow. This was the same Peter who rebuked Jesus. And now he's just filled with the Holy He's filled with life. He's filled with the passion of God. He, he loves the things of heaven. Acts 10. This will be the last one as far as I'm going to get. Acts 10. So watch this. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, the centurion of what was called the Italian regiment. A, a devout man. One who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people, and he prayed to God always. So when you look about this guy right here, I, I mean, Cornelius, he, he's a man of God. There's no doubt. I mean, this guy loves the Lord. And so, man, because of all his actions, what's verse 3? About the ninth there, about three in the afternoon, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? So the angel said to him, your prayers and your arms have come up for a memorial before God. Kind of what I talked about in tithes and offerings. Your giving and your praying and your serving have come up as a memorial before God. And if you'll notice right here, everything that Cornelius did was about people. Every bit of it. And so Cornelius is hungry to know the truth about the things of God. He's God-believing, God God-fearing. But he knows there's got to be more to this than what he's experiencing. So this angel shows up and tells him all this. Now watch verse 5. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon whose surname is Peter. It's old Peter again. Now, when the angel of the Lord starts telling people to send for Peter, man, you know God's working on his behalf or inside him. Go get this dude named Peter. Verse 6. He's lodging with Simon a Tanner, whose house is by the sea. And listen to this. He will tell you what you must do. Peter will tell you what you must do. Peter will tell all you Gentiles everything you got to know. So Peter has this dream. He's got this vision. And I mean, God begins to work in Peter's heart. And so these guys come and get Peter. Peter goes with them to Cornelius' house. He gets to Cornelius' house, and Cornelius has all his family. I mean, he's got all his family. He's got all his friends there. He's got everybody he knows. You got to come. You got to come because we're going to get the truth. And so Pete comes strolling in. And Pete informs them, I'm just a man. I'm just a man, just like you guys. Verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. Our God doesn't play favorites. Our God is not biased, is what he's saying. Now, you got to understand, Peter's a Jewish man, and he's now with the Gentiles. This doesn't happen, but it's happening now. Verse 35. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. 
the word which God sent to the children of Israel preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he's Lord of all. So you know what Peter just does? Peter just bursts me and you is our history as a, as a Christian right here. You and me, our Christian roots go back to this right here. He's, he's explaining right here, it doesn't matter if you're Jew, Gentile, it doesn't matter if you're red, yellow, black, white, brown, it doesn't matter who you are. He's Lord of all. So, so God uses Peter right here to, to bring in salvation to the Gentiles. Lay that in there. Look, look in verse 44, watch this. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those Gentiles who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. So why do I highlight all that? The introduction of salvation and the introduction of the infilling of the Holy Spirit to Gentiles came through this dude who rebuked Jesus. And I, I read this over and over and I think, what would happen if we just became very biblical? What would happen if we just said, repent, get born again, and ask Jesus to fill me with the Holy Spirit? I repent and I repent and ask Jesus to forgive me. And you know, this is for people in here right now. You've got to receive your forgiveness by faith. When God says, if you'll repent of your sin, this is 1 John 1, 9. If you'll repent of your sin, he said, I'm faithful and just to not only forgive you, I'll cleanse you. And, and so if God says he'll forgive you, you need to forgive yourself. Why don't you stand up here with me? And so that's the first thing right now. I, I believe this with all of my heart that repentance is the greatest daily vitamin you can take. And not just to brush over, but to stand before God and say, man, Father God, I blew it again today. Anybody blow it today? Yeah, you blew it today. We're humans. But then the second thing Peter said, you gotta get born again. You gotta give your heart to Jesus. You gotta surrender. You know, you're probably like me, many of you. Took you a while to surrender. Did you ever play tug of war with God? Man, I look back and I think, here's a guy who served God all his life. Peter. How do you get born again? You, you receive Jesus as Lord of your life. You ask him to come into your heart. How do you get filled with the Holy Spirit? The same way. You ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And then you say, Father God, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I welcome that power to be a witness. So come on, let's just bow our head here. And if you feel comfortable, raise your hands here to heaven tonight. Father God, we thank you. We thank you that you still use the people of this world to advance your cause here. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.